Welcome to the Sports Leadership Podcast, where leaders in sport get practical, relevant insight to help them take their leadership to the next level and become leaders worth following. Now for your hosts, Kevin DeShazo and Mark Hodgkin. Welcome to episode 19 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. After a brief hiatus for the beginning of school, for some travel, uh, we are back in action. I'm your co-host, Kevin DeShazo, along with Mark Hodgkin. Mark, how are things going, my friend? Things are good. We are uh, in the midst of college sports season, getting you know back into action. Busy time for, for you, for me, and uh, probably most of our listeners, um, but it's been a it's been good. It's a great time of year. Been on some campuses myself, visiting some of our partners, and um, you know, just settling in for some uh, some longer term projects that we have here at, at New Lion, and uh, and it's been good. And I'm uh, actually on a little bit of a social media hiatus, so I'm kind of experimenting with that. I do that from time to time. Um, as much as I love social media, there's some times where I just want to you know disconnect from it and uh, put some more time into other things. Whether that's just you know like the first gear time or the second gear time, we talk about a lot of reconnecting and just kind of bring a little bit of a focus. And I just think it's good to try to step away from things occasionally. Yeah, I think that's a, a great perspective. Uh, for as much as I love social media, I think there it is good to take a step back every now and then. Uh, and as I told, you know, I was on campus with some student athletes uh, just this week, which is pretty typical this time of year, talking about social media. Uh, and, and part of the conversation is talking about how they are addictive um, and, and uh, tell them, you know, there's a reason that these products are free because we, we are the product. They're, they're designed mm-hmm. to keep us coming back again and again and again. There's a reason we check our phone, you know, over 200 times a day. Um, and that does impact our relationships. It does impact our work. Um, our, our mindset. And so it, it is good to, to pause and kind of recalibrate every now and then. I think that's definitely a, a healthy thing. So, you know, we're, we're recording this. It's uh, September 27th uh, and big, big news going on in the college sports world right now, especially college basketball. Uh, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because there's a, this is the story is, is really just beginning. I think this will be a, a story for the next couple of years potentially. But essentially, the breakdown is is that we we've had uh, coaches arrested and and criminal indictments coming down, criminal charges coming down uh, against college basketball coaches, assistant coaches. Um, Adidas has been involved. Some some brands, uh, shoe deals, uh, excuse me, shoe companies, essentially funneling money through coaches, for players, for agreements and commitments to sign with, with brands. And so it's just a really ugly thing um, that sadly I don't think is all that surprising to a lot of people. If, if you are in this world, that's kind of been the ugly underbelly of, of especially college basketball for, for a while. So I think we're really just starting to scratch the surface. Today it's already been announced that, that Louisville um, AD has been let go. Um, it appears Rick Pitino, the same thing, Louisville basketball coach, one, one of their assistants was involved. Uh, and again, we're not going to get into real specifics with people. Uh, that's just not, not what we're in the business of doing. But I do think it is interesting to look at from a leadership and culture perspective. Um, kind of my take on, on stuff like this is this is the result of a win-it-all culture. Um, this is the result of uh, people putting their ego and their own agenda first and, and tying their identity into their job, into winning and feeling immense pressure to win. Uh, and when you feel like you have to prove yourself and that you're afraid of losing your job, 
um, losing your quote unquote identity, you start to cut corners. And, and I think it's important for people listening to this podcast that number one here, we're not casting judgment on anyone because the, the really important thing is that this could be any of us tomorrow. Um, we are all capable of going down this path, but I think it's a really interesting thing. And, and, and we have to take a big picture look at this as leaders, as, as creators of culture saying, what have we done to create this environment? What have we done to, to allow this to be okay? Um, where have we just endorsed this with silence? Um, and how do we fix this from a cultural perspective? This is not just about greed. This is not just about corruption. Uh, this is about leadership. This is about, about culture. And so we have to do a better job of creating healthy leaders and creating healthy environments, creating healthy cultures. Mark, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to unpack here. And again, we should probably stress that these are all allegations at this point. You know, this will work its way through the court system. But my biggest takeaway from it really was uh, just the change is seemingly a gigantic paradigm shift. Um, you know, we've been talking to a lot of ADs lately, um, enjoying that series. Um, you just have to feel like the world they're waking up to today is drastically different than it was even three or four days ago. Um, you know, everything from uh, this being you know, not an NCAA issue, um, but a you know, federal justice department, FBI issue, obviously much more serious, obviously a lot more eyeballs. Obviously this is going to be something that I think impact college sports industry for the foreseeable future, for sure. Um, you know, I think it could go in a number of different ways. Um, but I agree with you that it's a, it's a, it's a cultural breakdown in a lot of ways. Um, I think it'll be interesting for me to see who, see how these ADs, you know, ones that are either involved directly, whether it's an employee of theirs or those who are just, hey, we need to be proactive. We need to figure out if there is stuff going on, we need to fix it. We need to get out in front of it. I think it's going to be a leadership challenge for, for every AD in college sports, frankly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think if I'm an AD or a coach right now, uh, A, like you said, it's, it's a new day. The day is different than it was when you woke up yesterday and came to work. Um, there's, there's anxiety, there's maybe some fear, uh, because you want to believe, I, I, I generally believe that people have the best of intentions. That doesn't mean people don't screw up. A lot of people are doing things that are wrong. Uh, but I think most ADs want to do things the right way. I think most coaches at their core want to do things the right way. And you believe that those under you are doing that. And, and for an AD, it's really tough when you think of the sheer number of people in an athletic department from administration to coaches to assistant coaches, people they don't have a lot of interaction with uh, on some level, you're, you're having to trust and believe that you've created this environment where everyone is, is doing the right thing. Um, if you're a coach, you hope that, that people on your staff are doing the right thing. Uh, and while you can control some of that, there, there's also some that you obviously can't be with someone 24 hours a day. So I think today they need to be, my guess is, and from ADs that I've been talking with and some coaches, now it's all sitting down and having a conversation. Hey, what is this going to impact us? We need to know everything because this is not the NCAA. Like you said, this is not a suspension. This is not show cause. Like this is criminal. Again, mm -hmm. if the allegations are true, this is criminal. Uh, we're, we're talking something far more significant than just your coaching career. Um, so let's get all the facts. Let's get it all out in the open and, and meet this thing head on rather than having the FBI show up at our doors, confiscating our computers. So I think it's a, a really tough thing um, that we'll be watching for quite some time. Yeah. And it's, it's obviously different, but I think it continues, uh, I don't want to say path or a, a series of, of events that are um, high profile in college sports that kind of go to the same thing, whether it's a few bad actors, as some people say, or it's more of a systemic culture issue of what, what's tolerated, what's not tolerated. I mean, things from 
going back to Penn State, to Baylor, to other areas, there's high profile of, of things really getting out of hand. There, there's so much more of a spotlight. There's there's so much more accountability in a lot of ways. And you know, some of the ADs we had um, on the podcast in recent weeks talked about that as you know the upsides of it. I think we're seeing you know some of the challenges of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, like I said, it's, it's going to be an issue and a story for quite some time. I'm sure we may have more conversations about it, but let's dig into um, what we've got coming up in this episode. It's going to be a really uh, fun and I hope uh, interesting and useful episode. We'll talk about my book that's coming out soon. And then we're going to dig into um, leading in transition, what it, what it looks like and some practical ways to lead as you step into a new role, uh, whether that's the AD chair, whether that's a head coaching chair, whether that's the head of marketing compliance, what it, what it looks like, how you can um, successfully move into a new role, whether that's a new organization or moving up into your own organization. So it should be a really fun podcast uh, and let's get into it. Kevin's book that's coming out. Um, I'll kind of turn it over to Kevin to talk a little bit about when that book uh, will be available, how to find out a little bit more about it and, uh, and where people should look uh, to check it out. Yeah. So I'm, I am super excited about this. Most of you, my guess, if you're listening to this podcast, know that uh, about three and a half years ago, I started emailing people in athletics. Uh, just a daily thought, uh, a daily inspiration, daily quote, daily story, trying to help change their perspective on leadership, give them something to think about that day to be a little bit better than they were the day before. Because um, I've just, uh, you know, I've been in the college sports space now for for six years, uh, and I've I've always been passionate passionate about leadership, and I've been fortunate to have a lot of conversations about the topic with leaders in in this industry. And I, I wanted to help, and I didn't know really what how to help. I didn't have anything, didn't have any content, so I just started sending emails. Uh, and so that that kind of kept growing, kept growing. That led to uh, me starting Fieldhouse Leadership. Uh, we partnered with Giant Worldwide, who does global leadership, trying to help leaders and organizations and companies kind of solve their people problem to create healthy cultures. And so we started doing that within the athletic space. We then shifted that. Uh, rebranded to be called Culture Wins Championships earlier this year. Uh, and so I've been, as I've been running Fieldhouse Media, doing social media training, uh, I've also been building out the sports division for Giant Worldwide, again, as we call it, Culture Wins Championships, and, and really trying to focus on changing the leadership culture of college athletics. And that starts with individual leaders. So I've been sending out these emails, and I've, I've just been fun um, to do that and to have conversations around that and to see that grow and, and a, a consistent I guess request has been, you should make these into a book. So I, I eventually sat down and said, okay, that's, that's probably a good idea. So I took 365 of the 1300 plus that I've sent uh, and turned them into a book uh, called Leadership Interrupted. Uh, and it's, it's really just, it's a daily inspiration to help you become the leader that you were meant to be. And it's not for the sports world. It's not for the AD. It's not for the head coach. Uh, it's for everyone. It's for sports. It's for oil and gas, it's for healthcare, it's for education, it's for sales, it's for whatever industry you're in, whatever title you're in, uh, the, the book is, is for you. And I, I think and hope it'll be really valuable. I'm crazy excited about it. Um, the reviews I've been getting so far from people on the launch team have been really good. And so if you want, if you're interested in the book, go to leadershipinterrupted.com. Uh, the first day is, is available right there. And then you can sign up to be on the, uh, release list to get notified when it hits Amazon. So it's going to be out October 8th. Uh, and the reason why you want to be on that email is because it's going to be free for a couple of days. Uh, so if you, if you miss that, 
then you're going to have to pay money for it, which is great for me, maybe not for you, um, but it's going to be free for a couple of days. And so I want you to have it for free. I, I'm okay not making a ton of money off this book. That's not really the point of it. I wanted to help people and serve people and spread like wildfire. So starts October, comes out October 8th. Um, it'll be Kindle version only initially. Um, and then we're working on the, the hard copy that will be available uh, probably within a week of, of October 8th would be my guess. Uh, so yeah, that's the, the story behind the book. So how did, uh, how did you go about setting this up to be different than the emails? I mean, what could, could readers expect? You know, they like, we're getting the, they've been getting the emails. Um, they've been enjoying the emails. What's different about the book? You know, I've changed some of the wording so it's not so sports-centric because the email is for leaders in sports um, because it's for, it's for culture win championships. Um, so it's, it's geared towards the sports industry. So I've taken out some of, of the sports-only verbiage. Um, you know, it may say AD, it may say head coach, but it'll also say CEO and HR manager. Um, so trying to hit everything. And what I think is fun about some of these, as I went back and was reading through them, uh, when I was trying to figure out which ones went in, um, is just, the, you know, you can read something one day and get something out of it. You can read that same thing a week later, a month later, a year later, and it's, it's fresh. You get something different because you're in a different phase of life, um, a different situation, different mindset. And so I think for those who have been getting the emails, you're going to recognize some of them. If you've been on the email list for since day one, you're going to recognize all of them. If you've just recently signed up, you won't recognize most of them uh, because none of the new emails are obviously in there. It's, it's, it's probably prior to August 1st or so uh, of 2017. So it's, I, I think it's just a, it's a fresh challenge. Because one of my things I say at the end of, end of the book is, now what? Like, well, why not read it again? And see where you're at mentally, mm -hmm. see how you've applied some of these things and just make, make these challenges new based on uh, your new situation. Yeah, I love that. I, um, one of the books I turn to daily is uh, Ryan Holiday's Daily Stoic. Um, it's a similar, similar layout, right, um, where each day it kind of has a, uh, a quote by somebody, um, you know, involved in that, in that philosophy and then kind of how you'd apply it to your, your life or what you're thinking about. And I, I think that's such a big, and I've read it already once and I'm kind of on year two. Um, and actually just don't intend to really stop. So I hope people can kind of use that, use your book uh, in the same way of, you know, pick it up, just need a little bit of a, you know, even a two minute pause during the day to kind of look at something, but then, you know, talk a little bit about the next step. You know, you're going to read the, you know, read the page to me. And I want, I'm curious if you agree with this, you know, you need to implement that right away to let that lesson stick. Yeah, I am, I am big on um, application and because I think application leads to transformation. And so we can know everything, right? You can read every leadership book ever created, go to every leadership course that, and seminar and conference you could possibly find and still be a horrific leader. Uh, now, you could say all the right things. And I think on some level, that's kind of an issue we have in American culture is that we go to all these conferences and seminars and read these books, but we don't actually change. And so my, my hope and challenge is that those who read this don't say, man, that's a really good thought. It's, man, that's a really good thought. How do I do that today? I've got to have a really hard conversation with someone today. How do I show them that I'm actually for them instead of just bringing this challenge and this difficult conversation? How do I actually celebrate well with my team? Because, yeah, celebration, that seems like a good idea. We should have a culture of celebration. But what's the action that comes from that? Um, or my people need to know that I'm, I'm for them or they need to realize like what our vision is or they need, they need to be reminded of, of why we do what we do. How do I do that? Because you know, I think most, and again, the problem with, le with leadership, uh, if it weren't for people, it'd be really easy, but people are involved. <laughs> so we screw everything up. 
And yeah. well, it's really hard. And so I don't, I don't pretend to, to um, believe uh, or act like leadership is easy or applying any of these things is easy because it's not. And, and the reality, and I don't know if I've shared this before with, with people, maybe I have most of the stories, most of the ideas that, that are in these emails that are now going to be in this book are things I'm screwing up at. Right? I'm writing my own experiences of what I've failed at, what I need to get better at, um, conversations that I've had. And, and so it's, it's hoping that people learn out of my failure and they apply out of my screw-ups. But it's also for me because I need to apply those things as well and, and to not be a hypocrite and to go say all these things, put them in a book, say them to teams, and then, and then not act on it. So it, it is difficult, but my hope is that it does lead to action. I can imagine that's very... Therapeutic almost sounds like the wrong word, but I can imagine when you're putting this together, kind of going through this again, that you can take a lot, a lot out of that, a lot of um, improvement, even from the time you wrote these words originally. Yeah, it was really funny going through the emails and trying to figure out which ones to use, and so I had to reread a lot of them. Uh, and I could, you know, some of them I could, I could pinpoint. Oh, I know exactly what I was going through when I wrote that. Like I know what situation caused me to write that, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, and it's and you know, what's really interesting. Uh, and I, and this may be an email in there. I'm not sure, or maybe it was one that I wrote recently, but we tend to, um, you know, we, we are struck by the tyranny of urgency and we get overwhelmed by what seems like a huge problem today. Uh, and in a month, we're not going to know what that problem is. Obviously if it's cancer or something like that significant, of course, um, that's going to be an issue for, for quite a while that we're going to have to face, but most things, we just make them such a big deal, and they're not. Uh, and, and that causes stress, that fractures relationships, that just makes us ineffective. And so going through some of these old emails, I, I, could, I, could, I, I could see and remember what, I had, what situation led me to write that, those emails. And while the application or the story or the learning is st- still matters, like, man, that was really not that big of a deal. Like the, the situation itself that led me to write that. It's like, man... I was stressed out about this issue that caused me to write that email. And a year later or six months later or two years later, like in that, that situation wasn't that big of a deal at all. That relationship's totally fine. Uh, so it, it, it was very interesting to go back and read through some of these things and, um, and then not to be prideful, but to also see like, man, I actually am getting better at that. I've only written that 30, t- 30 times. I am starting to get, to get better at some of these things. Uh, so that was fun as well. Well, it's an active process and, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to see the, kind of the advanced copy of the book. It's, it is fantastic. I, I look forward to everybody reading it. There's some, some good spaces um, to kind of jot some thoughts down in the margins. Hopefully people will do that, kind of make this an active thing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a process and uh, I get exactly what you're saying when you say it's not a, a finished process. You don't put down the book and, and are a great leader, but you, you know, you spend some time with it each day, you chip away at what you need to get better at. And, uh, it's a worthwhile process. So again, uh, that website was leadershipinterrupted.com and you can get a free copy of Kevin's book. The release date for the Kindle version is October 8th. Is that right, Kev? That's right. And, and what I think would be really fun, uh, just for, for those who, who are considering getting the book or who lead teams, who lead families, I think it'd be a really cool exercise if you bought the book for your team, uh, and it, it will be cheap. Like this is not going to be a fifteen or twenty dollars book, like the hard copy. Not going to be that expensive. Uh, and I'm not real big on on you know handing out books to your team and calling that leadership development. But I think and believe it would be a really fun exercise to hand this book out to your team and maybe weekly or monthly have a conversation. And say, hey, what stood out? How how are we doing? Like, what do you think about this day? 
what do you think about this exercise? What do you think about this thought? How can we get better at that? And so getting your whole team, what if your whole team was, was moving in the same direction when it came to leadership, thinking the same things, processing through the same things, all with their own unique perspective, how then could you get together as a team? And that takes the pressure off the leader to apply all this stuff, but getting your team to apply this stuff as well. So I think that'd be a really, really fun uh, idea for, for leaders to, to get the book for their team and, and lead them through some discussion around it as they try to get better as leaders and, and create more leaders in their team and a, be, a better culture overall. Yeah, I love that idea. I think it's fantastic. And uh, I'll definitely be picking up a couple physical copies for the Sports Business Book Exchange, uh, one of my projects um, where we get uh, people in, in the sports business world to kind of exchange um, valuable reads uh, that they, they've been lately. Each month we do it. And uh, you, can, you can actually learn more about that at sbbx.me. Yeah, I love that. And if you're in the sports business or in the sports world, you should definitely check out uh, that, that project, a really cool project that Mark has going on. Uh, so let's dig into our other topic of the day. And this is, I think, a really uh, important and, and, and um, always a timely topic uh, for leaders, but how you lead in transition. And so what we mean by that is people who have been promoted uh, within their department. So maybe you, you are now sitting in the AD chair uh, maybe you're now promoted to the head of a department. Maybe you've moved into a new athletic department um, or organization. So you, you're switching into a leadership role in a new place. You're a head coach um, who, who's taking a new position, an assistant coach who's been promoted. Anyone who's leading in a, in, a, in a season of transition, because I think that's a really crucial time for leaders and for organizations and for teams. Uh, and, and I think th- there are a number of ways you can, you can approach that. Uh, some are certainly wrong. Some are healthier than others. That's what we want to kind of look at today is what, what are some practical ways um, that you can try to lead intentionally through a season of transition to both establish yourself as a leader that people would, would want to follow, but also starting to create the culture um, or build on maybe a culture that's already there because you're in that chair for a reason. Um, maybe it's because somebody let go, got let go. Maybe it's because somebody took another position, uh, but there's some uh, there's been some change, obviously, that's put you in this position. So something needs to be done from your end uh, to either fix things or build on on what somebody else had done and then and then left. Uh, so, Mark, what are your what are your thoughts on on leading through transition? Well, I think in a lot of cases, um, it's a it's a great opportunity to be able to kind of kind of reset, you know, what you want to be as a leader. So, you know, we talked in episode seven, I believe, about um, my last transition where I, I came down to a, a really different role um, than what I'd had. Um, it's a job interfacing with people who have jobs like I used to have um, on the uh, campus or conference side of things, but now working for a tech company um, and dealing with them, but also, you know, to get products built, people in, internally who speak a different language um, than I do um, as somebody who worked in college sports. So, um, you know, I think it's a chance to kind of, it's definitely a good time to evaluate the mistakes you've made previously and the, and the good things you've done previously to kind of say, you know, here's what I need to build on. Here's what I need to improve. Here's what I need to iron out and taking, you know, kind of very deliberate, you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. Um, you know, those are the kind of things that jump to to my mind. Yeah, I think it's a great point in that you are coming in and it's, and it's unique. Again, whatever the situation, if you're an outsider, you're coming in. And maybe you have a body of work, you know, that speaks for itself. Uh, so people know that you're good at your job, but do they want to actually be around you? They don't, they may not know who you are. And so you've got to really be intentional in how you establish relationships. 
Um, and I think it can be, it can be tempting for leaders. Um, I would say probably when they're insecure to feel like they have to come in and prove themselves. And so they just come in and start blowing everything up and they want to get rid of this person and that person and change this and change that. And, and let's say all those are the right things to actually do, uh, doing them in your first month, uh, in your first probably three months is not going to sit well. Um, cause that just, that puts people uh, now they're on edge. Like, wait a minute. Am I, am I at risk? Am I, what, what's going to happen? Can we, what's this guy really about? Is he just going to clean house completely? Is everyone going to be gone? What, you know, this is, this is not what we thought. Um, or if you've been, that's, that's typically when you're coming into a new position to a new organization, when you've, when you've moved up, there's this, this tension of, wait a minute, he was my peer. She was my peer. And now they're my boss. Uh, and so there's, there's all these relational things you have to work through and, and it's trying to say, yeah, we're still friends. <laughs> you know, that friendship isn't, isn't gone. It may look a little bit different because now I am your boss and now I do have certain expectations. Um, uh, but it's sitting down to have those conversations. I think the worst thing in that situation is to ignore, ignore mm-hmm. it and just hope that it gets okay. Um, cause there, the, it, it is just a weird situation and no, ma- no matter who <clears throat> is in that position, what, you know, again, whether it's an AD or a coach or someone that came in or someone that got moved up, there was always other candidates. And there was somebody, there was always someone else um, that somebody thought should have got the job. And then maybe that person is not in the organization. Maybe they are in the organization, but that's, that's always a tension that you're going to have to face. Um, and so I don't think you want to ignore that. And if that person is still in the organization, you need to have a conversation with them. Uh, well, go ahead. Yeah. I, I think you brushed on, you know, one of the, biggest things here to, to kind of take away from it is you need to spend some time thinking about what other people are processing around you, right? Like we talked about being able to really look at what, what it's like to sit across the table from you, right? So in those two examples, you, you're, you're going to be surrounded by people who are either, you know, worked for somebody who's no longer there. It could have been a good situation, could have been a bad situation. Either way, it's change. It's uh, it's changing the routine. It's changing um, it brings up questions. Am I going to be around? Is a new guy going to like me? Is, and then a lot of other cases, it's somebody you thought maybe they should have had that position. They've been passed over. You have those kind of things. Um, all those kind of things really create a lot of challenges that you kind of just have to deal with. But I think, again, like a lot of these things we talk about, you sit down and kind of realize where these people are coming from and how you can kind of you know, answer some of those questions, like you said, take it head on, keep that in mind as you kind of set your new agenda, your new routines, your new, uh, you know, order in the, in the organization. Yeah. And I think if there's one word that comes to mind for the best approach, uh, to leading through a transition is, is just the word, listen, like don't act, don't like put the brakes on and everything you want to accomplish and just say, I'm going to spend the first, you know, pick a time frame. Maybe it's a month, maybe it's two or three months, and I'm just going to listen to people. I'm going to have as many conversations as I can possibly have, A, so people can see me, right? And because and, they're all going to have this um, perception of you that it's not reality because uh, most of them probably don't, don't know you that well. Even if you were promoted, they're going to have a perception. And so I want to go sit down and have a conversation with as many people as I can and just ask a few, like a couple of basic questions I would ask is, hey, how are you feeling with the transition? Be honest with me. It's okay. I know transition is difficult. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big boy. I'm a big girl. I can take it. Um, how are you feeling? Um, what went well? What, what has been going well for the past year? Like, what do you think are, are some wins that we're having, some things that probably need to stay? 
so they can they can start to own the future of hey this, this is some stuff we've done really well i think we need to make sure we hang on to that and maybe build it but these are things that have gone really well um, and then ask you know what are some things that haven't been going well you know what did the last person do that i that i should keep doing what are some things they did that you, that you don't want me to do that were actually really negative for the team from, from your perspective. Um, and so just being able to sit and listen and get a, um, get a pulse on the people, get a pulse on the culture. Um, so you know, whether you need to, what you need to fix and what you need to build on, uh, to actually create a healthy culture and to make sure you don't undermine your influence going forward. Yeah. It's a, it's a chance to ask some, you know, simple questions and kind of questions maybe you wouldn't answer or you wouldn't ask if you've been in an organization for two or three years, you don't, you don't kind of tackle those things as much, but you can get a feel for a lay of land. I, I had a very similar kind of approach when I got here. I was going to, I even told my boss, you know, okay, the first, first 12 months even is going to be a lot of listening because it's such a different role. It's because you're, we're trying to do some things that are very, very different and it's easy to come in and throw the previous people under the bus. And, and, and that always happens with transitions where you have, um, you know, some things that you just kind of move away from, you know, there were some mistakes made, there's you know, those kind of things and you can kind of reset the deck, but on the flip side, you need to be really kind of intentional about how you think about, um, engaging those people and, and crafting a plan because every around you is on edge. Um, they want to have a chance to have their voice heard. They want to have, um, you know, some influence and, and, and get there. So yeah, you can't do enough, um, listening in those situations. Um, it'll help you in the long term to craft what the best approach for that situation is. You know, you come into a place, um, say if you are new for, to an organization, you think you might know how things work. You think you might know the priorities, but you know, I, I could tell you the things I'm focusing on now, 12 months after I got here are a little bit different, um, than I probably would have been 11 months ago when I had just gotten here and kind of thought, okay, here's the things we need to do. Some of those proved to not be realistic. Some of those things proved not to be important. Um, and a lot of that was from trying to sow as many people around here as you can to kind of, what do you like? What do you not like? What do you think we should improve on? And it's a, it's a great way to get some ideas of things to implement. It's a great way to engage people in the process. Uh, and I think it's a, it's a huge thing. Um, you talked a little bit before we came on the show today about when you know situations might have to be changed, when you know there might be a change, you touched on a little bit earlier about, um, you know, not coming in with a, uh, you know, with a hatchet and, and making every change day one. Um, but knowing deep down, maybe this is the right decision. How do you approach that situation? How do you, how do you kind of go about that? Um, if somebody new in a new position, knowing that they're going to need to make some changes, not a fun part of leadership, not a fun part of management. Yeah. I think that's the, the tough part about transition. Um, and, and the other piece, just to build real quickly on what you were just saying, is ultimately what you're doing there is giving people a voice and allowing them to be heard, uh, which I think will go such a long way. It doesn't mean you implement everything they said or you do everything they say, but at the end of the day, they'll say, man, she listened to me. Like he sat down and he asked my opinion, and that goes a long way. But uh, So I, I think when it gets difficult, uh, I mean, leading in transition is difficult regardless, but when you're coming in and, and you know that you're coming in uh, because changes need to be made because maybe things weren't successful. Uh, and there are, there are people that maybe need to be let go. There are projects that need to be um, shut down. There are, you know, fill in the blank, negative things that, that need to be fixed. Uh, I think it's, it's really important for a leader. You know, one thing I, I would, I would do is you have to get the right people on board first and that's not everyone, right? You don't need everyone on board first, but you've got to sit down with 
who you believe are um, your key influencers in the organization. And that doesn't mean senior leaders. They could be, but who are your influencers? And you have that same conversation we just talked about with them as a group. Hey, we all know I'm like, I, Hey, I'm really excited to be here. Regardless of what happened in the past, I'm excited to be here. I think there's a lot of potential. Um, we all know that some things need to change. Now I'm not coming in and blowing things up. Um, day one, you know, I, I have more respect for the, for those the people who are here than, than to come in and lead that way. I know that would do more harm than good. Um, here are some things that, that I think will need to be changed in the short term. Uh, do you guys agree with those <laughs> and, and having conversations with them just so, so cause what you ultimately want to do is help them because people know, like, even though they're, you know, things feel personal, people know why change is made and they can see when things aren't going well. Um, and so it's not attacking those people It's saying, Hey, I have you in the room. Cause I think you are some of the key people to this organization. I value your opinion. Uh, I value the work that you do. I value the influence and relationship you have with your peers. Um, I want to make sure you know what my end goals are. Because even when I make changes, you know, everyone out there is for the most part is going to be against it. And that's okay. Like, I don't, uh, you know, we're not here to judge them. Like things feel personal. Um, So that's okay for them to be upset. But if we're going to make changes, if we're going to make lasting changes, it can't just be me. And so I really need you guys on board. Here are some things that I want to start rolling out in a little bit after we, after we spent some time listening and having conversations, here are some things that I think here, here, here's what I think is a priority. What do you guys think is a priority? Do you agree with that? Am I missing something? Uh, so if you can get them on board, then you have a team of advocates as you start communicating a new vision, as you start communicating some changes, as you start to actually make those changes and people start to rise up, like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel good or right. You have people saying, I know it doesn't, but, but really it is. Like, I know this feels tough in the moment because change, like we have to, be, we have to lean into that discomfort. If we know we're ultimately doing the right thing with the right intent and we're fighting for the highest good of the organization, we will have to make hard decisions. But if you have that team of, of advocates, you can say, man, I know this, this feels tough and it is, but this is the only way we get better. Uh, and then, then it's not all you doing the talking. So I think it's really important to have kind of a group of influencers as you move through some of that, that change. And you talk a lot about kind of coming up with that organizational clarity. Um, and I think the communication and kind of setting that is the first step, you know, getting that input. How do you go about then articulating that so that beyond that group of influencers, everybody else kind of see what the bus is that they need, might need to get on? Yeah, I think you want to sit down with people. And, and where I think a lot of organizations and teams kind of lose their way uh, they forget what it a they forget what their values are and then what their mission is like. What are we actually doing here? <laughs> like we're we're all showing up to work every day, but what are we actually trying to accomplish? And so I think hitting the reset button on that, say, hey, here's why we are here. Um, here's what our end goal is, and here's the values that will drive us there. Good day, bad day, losing games, winning games, revenue up, revenue down. These are the values that get us there. Uh, and I had a conversation uh, with with. And I didn't write this down, which is typical of me. So this is the story is not going to be as good as it should be. Um, had a conversation recently with Joe Castiglione about the culture at Oklahoma. So I asked about the, about their culture, and and he said, you know, several years back, I walked around, got a video camera, I asked everyone, do you know our values? Do you know our mission? And he said, you know, about two out of ten people knew them. Now those were on a card on their desk, 
literally in front of their face all day, every day. And he said that, that really hit me that we're not live. If we don't know our values and they're in front of us all day, every day, clearly we're not living our values. That didn't mean scandals were going on. Just meant people were just showing up because it was their job. And so they reorganized, he got some people together. Uh, and so there's this phrase that's always thrown around sooner magic and you know, things happen, things just, the ball tends to bounce their way. Oh, that's sooner magic. And so they took magic and now that's the acronym for their values. And I don't, I didn't, again, I didn't, I'm terrible at taking notes. So I didn't write down what he actually said. So the story actually sucks, but that's their, that's what their values are. So now when they have meetings, say, he's like, Hey, what magic moments have we had this week? So now people are looking for those things are actually living those things. And there's a reason they truly have a championship culture. And so I think it's, it's for a leader, you're resetting. What are, what's, what are we here for? What's our mission? Do people actually know it? Not what's on the wall. Like, what are we actually doing? What are our values? Again, not what's in a handbook. Like, what are we actually about that people will know that they are living, that they agree with? And then getting really clear, really clear about what does it mean for us to win? Again, not just football games, not just basketball games. What does winning look like for our team, for our department, for our organization? Let's define that. Do we know how do we actually get there? Like, what, what are the things that get us to winning? And then do you know your role within that? So do people know, big picture, where are we going, values, what, what, what are we living in order to get us there, what does winning look like, what's my role, and do I know what the steps are each day to help us win? Do I know what my role in IT is for helping us win? Do I know what my role in sales is, in HR, in compliance, in marketing? Do I know my role where I fit in the big picture to help us actually win? And so kind of hitting reset and redefining all of those things so that people actually have clarity when they show up each day. Yeah, it's tremendous. I, I, I think so many organizations fall into the trap of coming together with a mission or a vision. And I've been part of organizations like this that, um, you know, they, they want to have something that's test grouped and, and, and sounds great. And then you end up like, oh, what does it mean? You end up trying to be everything to everybody and you end up kind of missing out and it's, or it's, it's written by a PR pro, um, and it's not really applicable. So like what you talked about, not only having it clear, but knowing what it means to each of each person and what winning looks like. I think those might be the two steps that I see kind of skipped off. And, you know, you say like, we want to be the best athletic department from X, Y, and Z, but what does that mean? You know, what does, what does that mean for, like you said, the people in it, the people in, um, you know, in compliance in the college space, or maybe you know, the marketing team or, or sports information, um, you know, and I, th I think I probably would have looked at this a few years ago, um, maybe a little bit different with these slogans. You talked about Sooner Magic. I was uh, visiting another company recently that had something like that and had it up on their wall. And I think you know, initially the kind of cynical side can say like, uh, you know, that's that's kind of cheesy or whatever. It's like a phrase we throw out in meetings like, oh, you know, okay, great. But if that's something that you can kind of like continually bring the group back to and and call out great performances and 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 celebrate those team wins um it, you just bring that clarity so much more into into play um you know i think it's a i think it's a great a great thing and, and something you can do we talk about transition to kind of tie this up it's something you can establish you know very early on and i, and I think it's important for people to realize that again all this is difficult all this takes a lot of time uh, and we don't need to overcomplicate it again if your mission statement is is not clear or compelling, scrap it, start over 
everyone should know it. Not, not something cheesy. Everyone should know, uh, you know, why, why you come to work every day, what you're actually about values. You know, everyone says ingenuity and compassion and empathy and integrity. Okay, great. Do you actually live that? Probably not. Okay. So what are your values? Um, what is your role? You know, Clemson, there's, they, you walk in the locker room, there's a big thing that says best is standard. Everyone knows best is, well, that drives everything in practice. I've got to, I've got to be my best at practice. If I'm the kicker, if I'm a wide receiver, if I'm a linebacker, okay, what are the behaviors that lead me to be my best? Cause if I'm giving my best and my teammates giving my, their best, then our team is giving our best. And that, does that mean you win every game? No, but that's to go back to your point. What's, what's the, the mission win? Well, of course, everyone wants to win. Like, that's everyone's mission. So how are you going to be different? It's, that's not the goal. The goal are the, are the daily things. And this is difficult for me just be, to be honest and transparent from a personality standpoint, the daily stuff is where you win. That's not my nature. Mm-hmm. My nature is this big picture stuff. I'm like, Oh, sell them a good story and they'll, and they'll win. No, you have to sell that story, but it's what are the things each day that actually help us accomplish that? Cause that's what we're measuring ourselves against is what did we, did we actually bring again, going back to the Clemson example, do we actually bring our best in compliance and marketing and whatever it may be? Did, we, did I bring my best today? Um, and that doesn't mean we don't have bad days. doesn't mean we don't lose games, but it's, are we consistent in who we are and what we're about each, each day? And that's how you create culture over time is do that consistency. Um, but I think again, to go back to this idea of, of transition, it's just hitting the reset button on all of this and what that does is allows you to kind of breathe new life into a team, into an organization that may be down, that may be frustrated, may have been losing. I say, no, 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 this is what we're going to be about. This is our way forward. Let's run forward together uh, because we're all going to hold each other accountable. And me and the leader, I, I'm included in that. This is not a you. This is all of us. So let's let's link arms and let's go. Yeah, what I like about your Clemson example is that's something that's very tangible that everybody can participate in. Um, you know, it doesn't require anything external it's uh, to kind of take a, a step to their their nemesis uh alabama it's very process oriented right it's very um it's those day-to-day things that you talk about that maybe aren't your you know strong hand um skills but you know those are if you're talking about one of these kind of statements of, of organizational clarity things that you can do each day um you know the little things that uh that you can all embrace absolutely and and it's goes back to what we've talked about numerous times on the podcast and we will for the foreseeable future is being intentional, not accidental, right? Not hoping things get better, not hoping people trust that you're the right person for the job, but being intentional when you come in to, to communicate, to over communicate, to build relationships um, and to set a new path forward for the team and the organization. So yeah, this is a great conversation. Um, definitely something to think about. Um, probably something we can continue to build on um, in future episodes. We could probably um, talk for a lot longer on mission statements and, and value statements. Uh, I'm, I'm particularly interested in those, and I think they're they're really valuable and they're done right. So we'll dive more into that in future episodes. Hopefully, we'll have some new um, uh, some more interviews with ads and uh, aspiring ads in our series of, uh, on the modern athletic structure. Obviously, a lot of hot button news in the college space right now that uh, that we'll dive into soon. So thank you all for listening to episode 19 of the Sports Leadership Podcast. Um, Mark Hodgkin, you can find me at Twitter in a, in a few weeks when I'm back on Twitter at Mark underscore Hodgkin. And you can find Kevin 
at all times on Twitter at, at Kevin DeShazo. Um, remember to check out his, uh, his website for his new book. That will be out October 8th. Sign up at leadershipinterrupted.com uh, to be notified when it's out. Pick up a free copy um, for a limited time and then make sure to pick up some, some more to share as well. So thanks again for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, you're finding value, please uh, share it with your friends, your colleagues, your family. And uh, if you're feeling in a particularly good mood, please drop us a, a review. Tell us how you're enjoying it, how we can improve it um, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. So for Kevin DeShazo, I'm Mark Hodgkin. Thanks again. 